Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On today's show, that's right, you can hear my voice, that means I am back, as well as football, so we're all happy because guess what? Football's back. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of A Pod of Two Halves. This is, what, the third or fourth week in a row? I want to say the fourth. We can go with the fourth. Tell me it's the fourth. I I would say it's the fourth. Did you hear that? Did you hear those dulcet tones? <laughs> wow, it can only mean one thing. No, it's not Barry White. It's Lee Collard, <laughs> eh? There's that bassy voice of glory. How are you, my friend? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How does it feel to be back in the house? <laughs> yes, um, very good. Obviously, uh, probably need to address a few points that were raised uh, from the last couple of pods. Did he listen? <laughs> yes, yes, I did. <laughs> very, very nice words of you. Well, a chump of the week, wasn't I? <laughs> yes, yes, you did actually win one of those. <laughs> that that's bad, you know. When when you know the the guy that's part of the show is actually made chump of the week. I mean, to be fairly, <laughs> if you were here, you could have defended yourself. All I will say is on this matter is is that um, I've never missed a show. Have you ever missed a show, Woods? I've never missed a show. How many shows has Lee missed? Um. Well, I had the America trip, didn't I? <laughs> so that was a couple. Um, obviously, we've had the last two and probably one in the future, for sure. So, uh, yeah, we're looking at about five. Mm. Mm. Commitment, eh? Anyway, um, obviously, Lou, you ain't been around here for a couple of weeks. How have your couple of weeks been? Uh, yeah, it's um, been pretty relaxing. Um, I have to say, like, I don't know, living with you, um, obviously, I've been in a very strict strict lockdown um and then when i went to my partners it was a lot better because i just kind of ventured out a little bit more just going for walks and stuff things that i probably wouldn't do on my own or probably with you but um yeah just things you know you can actually do with your partner and just felt good to be a bit more outside is the the pandemic over mr collard uh no no of course it's not um 
but obviously I'm not walking around, you know, into shops, you know, or queuing in, in pri- for Primark, you know, for several hours. I'm just going for walks or in the going, park. Or going to Freeport. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't listening to this show. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I see you're, you're, you're supping on a beer ski, Mr. Collard. What have you got tonight? Um, tonight I'm on Buxton Brewery. Uh, it's called, uh, was that, L- Lupulus X? L- Lupulus X, yeah. Yeah, I've also very got nice. the shakes because I, I had a run earlier and it was obviously it's very hot and I'm actually sweating my tits off and uh, trying to drink this beer with the shakes. So no, nicely done. <laughs> promising for the for the rest of the pod here. I'm on a siren lumina myself. Yeah, Again from the Buxton Brewery. It's quite nice. Uh, no, this is well. Is it from? I think it's just from Siren. Yeah. Siren Craft Brew. Other um, beers are available. They are until so, one yeah. pays up. To convince us otherwise. <laughs> well, this is the thing. Like, between the two of us, we've both managed to sign up to uh, s- uh, subscriptions, haven't we? You've, yeah. you've got the beers and I've got the athletics. So uh, contrary to what Wood said uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago about not bringing anything to the pod, maybe with a little bit of a reading the athletic now, uh, I'll be hopefully contributing a little bit more, hey? Well, you know what you could have read, couldn't you? <laughs> the fucking book I got you for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that book. You know what I mean? Well, I was going to read it in America, and then you didn't. But I'm not going. Well, no, because oh. I'm not going to America now because of the fucking pandemic. So, uh, let you I, I do wonder when it's going to get read. Let you off, um, Mr. Woods. How are you, my friend? Yeah, pretty good, man. Football's back, so um, I, I've enjoyed it. Um, it certainly cheered me up on Saturday afternoon. They, there was a moment Sunday where I was like, "It's going to fucking ruin my week," but couple of minutes later all good again um yeah no good man really happy it's really hot though i like i genuinely genuinely really 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 hot for those of you that can't see what we can see right now woods has got a giant laser beam I'm, in fact i'm gonna print screen i'm gonna print screen woods's face right now because and i'm gonna post it onto twitter because it's quite quite blinding woods go back to where you were, were a second ago oh no yeah. hang on a sec all right yeah stay stay there there you go I want to print screen that, and we'll put that onto social media. There we go. That was fun for everyone at home, wasn't it? Eh? Yeah. Wasn't speaking into the microphone. I was busy doing something else. Yeah. Dead air, essentially. Yeah. The Lovely. sun sets towards the back of the house, and I haven't drawn the curtains sufficiently for the light to be kept off of my face. Fine work. Fine work. Well, look, Les. Enough posturing and grandstanding. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get into the meat and potatoes of the show. Squire, press the lap button on the timer. There we go. Yeah? Because I'm doing producing duties tonight as well. Because, Lee, how many notes do you make for tonight's show? Uh, zero. Zero notes taken for Lee on tonight's show. Fine. You know what? Fine. We're professionals. We do this every day. Yeah? I said to you, Woods, last week, yeah? Don't worry. Doesn't matter where you take it, because I adapt. Rolling with a puncher. That's quite... Start, you know, it's the pressures of the job that you enjoy. Got Lee back in here giving me no notes. No notes and just sitting here drinking a beer. It's, it's, it's getting pretty <laughs> lax, isn't it? <laughs> this is what happens when you have two weeks off. You kind of just, you know, let things all go to pot, mate. Yeah, great. Lee's back. Um, <laughs> but no, look, look, obviously, the, the, you know, I said this, I think, I listened back to the pod last week and I think I said football's back about a million times. So uh, without trying to, you know, ram that down your throats, people back home, football is back. And we experienced, well, well we've experienced every team playing a game. And... I'm going to ask you both a question, and I want 
an answer from the pair of you, unsurprisingly, because I'm asking you both a question. I know what you did just to not answer the question, because that's ridiculous. Um, I'll ask um, Woods first, because I know that you've been the most excited. Probably, I would say, out of the three of us, you've been the most excited for football, then me, then probably Lee. Yes. I would say. I agree. Lee, the, the, the downtrodden. Um, Nothing to play for me. <laughs> that's true. Um, Boring season. So, Woods, taking into account everything that we see, right? Is it back? Now, obviously, there's many, there's many things to take into account here because you've got, obviously, the pace of the game, the, the, the fucking atmosphere, like the atmosphere, like what mm. is going on there. Um, but just in, football is something, it's something that you feel, right? It's something that you, you get emotionally invested in. Now, for you... You obviously you, had, you obviously had to wait a little bit before Chelsea played because you and you saw a bunch of games happen before your team played. I would like to know how you felt before those games and then how you felt when Chelsea were playing. Yeah, um, it's, it's an interesting point actually. Um, it has felt a bit flat at times. <laughs> you guys are enjoying, you're enjoying the fact that so I'm getting blind like with the Messiah. Yeah. <laughs> the spotlight is on you. <laughs> um, the, the, the pace of the games has been really slow. Um, so you know. Although football is back in, in the sense that there are 22 players, a referee and a round ball to kick into two goals, that is actually happening in the Premier League. Uh, the, the actual standards of the games have been pretty poor. Um, although what I will say is that it seems that most of the good teams um, grow into the games. I think usually around uh, 60 to 70 minutes you start to see the cream rising to the top. I think you saw that with... Um, City against Arsenal, uh, United against Tottenham, Chelsea against Villa. Uh, like the, the the good teams have tended to start to find their feet a bit while the the weaker teams are still struggling. But I've just enjoyed it regardless, to be honest. Um, I I feel that maybe before it disappeared, I took football for granted, and now it's back. I realise how much I love it. Um, I enjoyed watching the United Spurs game. I thought that was a really good game to watch. Um, I didn't particularly enjoy watching Man City Arsenal, mainly because um, I, I just don't like watching Man City. But I did enjoy David Lewis in that game. And we, I'm sure we'll get to, to Arsenal at some point. Uh, but yeah, you, you're 100% right. Once Chelsea were in, I, I was fully invested. Um, I have been watching with the crowd noise on. Um, I do agree that it's not perfect, but it's better than without it. I kind of feel watching some of these games without it, it would feel a little bit training ground matches uh, where we're, they're doing an all right job. It does seem that there's a lag in the geezer pressing the button for when these moments happen. Um, I was watching the Leicester-Brighton game earlier and um, Schmeichel makes a save at home from a penalty and seemingly there's no penalty save button to kind of hear the, the, the home fans <laughs> cheer it. Because it's just like he saves it and then it's like nothing. So it does need some improvements, but ultimately they, they didn't have time to perfect this. There was no opportunity to, to improve this. And I do think the quality of the football will improve. Um, I think we've seen some of the expected impact of it coming back at such a short time after such a long layoff with Arsenal seemingly losing half their team to injuries. But other teams haven't seen to struggle as much with that, um, you, again, you go back to it. Why is it always Arsenal? There's clearly something there. But yeah, I've enjoyed it. I have enjoyed it. Mr. Collard. Um, yeah, similar thoughts, really. Um, I was unfortunate. I, don't, I didn't get to watch the first, I think, three games because uh, I was at my said partner's as from earlier. But um, my first game was the 
want to say Watford Leicester. Was that the, was that the early kickoff? Yeah, Saturday morning. Was, yeah. yeah, Saturday morning. Um, and by know, the way, just pointing out, I got him to say that half twelve is morning. <laughs> I didn't mean I thought about it, and I thought, no, I'm just going to let it slide. <laughs> to be honest, but um, <laughs> no, yeah. I, I, to be honest, I was initially quite disappointed because. I don't know, yeah, the, the, the whole, it did feel very training ground-esque, um, the, the, the pace wasn't there, but then that's something we're going to have to expect, and uh, I think it could be two or three you know, games before we start to see uh, some better quality play. Um, yeah, just for, for the most part, I felt pedestrian, and obviously I had watched the, uh, the Everton game, that was my keen interest over, over the weekend, and um, if you'd given me nil-nil before the, uh, the start of the, uh, before the start of the game, I probably would have taken it. Um, but as the uh, the game progressed, I mean, it, again, we were we looked off the pace. There was a few players that didn't look no that that sharp. Notably, uh, Andre Gomez. Um, I thought he he was completely off the pace. Fortunately, we were pretty solid at the back. But um, but the pace throughout the game, even Liverpool, you know, I mean, I know they didn't start with Salah, but they seemed quite slow in their play. Um, it allowed us basically to put you know just a shitload of men behind the ball, and we we, we were good. But it was a derby game and it just didn't, you know, it didn't resonate with me being, that you know, that, that intensity, you know, yeah. that what you expect. Um, and yeah, just being no atmosphere, I really struggled. In terms of the crowd, uh, the crowd noises, um, it is a little bit laughable at times because of the delay. Uh, it does, does amuse me. Um, but if you, if you, I found myself as, as it's progressed is that if it, when the game, when the cameras focus literally just on the actual football pitch and there's, you can't see the stands in the background, it's, it's believable when, it, when you hear the crowd noises. But then when it does pan out and you see the empty stands and it kind of just comes back home again and you feel like you're kind of not being duped a little bit, but you just know it's not, it's not authentic. So I've started to watch the games. I prefer it without the crowd noise. Interesting. Um, because I, I started with the crowd noise and obviously I watched those three games without you, Lee. And I couldn't stand that 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 harsh reality the 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 the, the, the it was i found it too jarring when my ears would be telling me one thing and my eyes would be telling me another i, I for some for whatever reason i just i just couldn't handle it so and then i i tried watching um because it was the united game that i kind of broke i i got through villa sheffield united city arsenal norwich um southampton then the spurs united game um a half time i switched because I was like, this is doing my fucking head in. And I, enjoy, I for some reason, I somehow I enjoyed it more um, because I could hear, th- there's been games and I think there were, what game was it? I think it might have been the Brighton Arsenal game, I think, where you could hear real urgency in the players and you could start to, and because you can hear what the players are saying and, the, and especially the United Spurs game when it got later on and we obviously started it, that United Spurs game became a game you know once Pogba mm. came on and we started seeing we started seeing actual end-to-end stuff and it felt quite good um, I felt the players because you could hear them you could hear the real people that are still in the stadium not a, there's not many of them obviously but you could still hear them and that was enough to build an atmosphere to me it felt more authentic I, ne- I needed that to be honest with you but but then you're going to get a game like fucking a Bournemouth Palace mate where no one gives a fuck and the players don't care and it's just boring as shit so it's it's not going to apply for all games I don't think I mean for example the the game that's on now the, the Leicester um, Brighton game you know 
ideally you're going to need crowd noise for that because I'm not going to be able to muster up that enthusiasm myself and I'm not sure the players are going to be feel so you know what I mean it's going to, it's going to I, think, I think that's the issue as well because the play, you were talk, well, talking about the slow play and the lack of sort of urgency in what they're doing first of all obviously we appreciate it is the first game back but ultimately having a crowd behind your back does give you that extra impetus to, to kind of go on and I think that's what was well, you raised, you raised something, didn't you, where you said that um, you know a player that does a good touch in a game would get a crowd, you know, yeah, you know, you'd get that or a round of applause, just something a, simple, something, like something that. simple, and you, that would give that player confidence. That, the euphoria that will go through that player's body, you know, that extra little bit of adrenaline, and you feel that extra little bit of buzz, confidence, yeah. And the players don't almost have that validation now, and I think we compared it, didn't we? They're like, well, you know, we need validation that what we've seen has happened thanks to crowd noise but then the players need that validation from the crowd as well so it's, it's a difficult it's, it's a very difficult one um, very very difficult um, but let's we well, mentioned thing is as well though with it being back we, we touched on this about the Bundesliga um, when that kind of like the home advantage is somewhat out the window um, and I think we've seen well actually up to Saturday night there was only two two games where the teams had had um, had victories at home both gifted to them by Arsenal Football Club um, and then I think subsequently Newcastle gave Sheffield United who have been diabolical since coming back um, mm. that's a surprise I really thought they'd be one of the teams that would have their shit together because of uh, being so embedded into Wilder's tactics but they've been dreadful and um, obviously Man City who found themselves a bit of form on Monday um, and took Burnley to, to pieces um, but it seems that that same uh, loss of home advantage maybe disappeared. And I think that goes to what you're saying about the lack of atmosphere because obviously the home team are the ones which usually have the advantage because of the wave of support to their team to either defend harder or attack harder. Um, and that being missing, I think some teams are struggling with it. I mean, could you imagine... I think of the Chelsea game in particular. Had Villa taken the lead with fans, that game's a really hard game for Chelsea all of a sudden. Yeah, because you're playing against the, it's the classic 12th man, isn't it? You know what I mean? Um, mm. So switching gears slightly, I'll press the lap button, Lee. Don't worry about it. I've got you, son. Good producing. Yep, I'll try. Um, I'm going to pose a question. I'll start with you again, Woods, because you are the, probably the right man to ask here. <laughs> um a simple question, and I will say that he posed it to me earlier, right? So I'm going to say it back to him. So he knows this is coming. Are Arsenal Football Club good for the nation's morale? Abso-fucking-lutely. You know, the, the, the government were going on about how they wanted football back to, to, to improve morale within the nation. Arsenal delivered that in spades on Saturday. Absolute spades of it. Incredible. Um, <laughs> they, 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 they are... A gift that keeps on giving at this point. Uh, I I thought that maybe at some point it would all end. You know, they kind of like felt like I think there was moments even under Emery where it felt like they were trending in the right direction. But we're right back. In fact, I think we're heading towards the bottom. I don't even think we're bottomed out yet. Um, but defeat at at Brighton after taking the lead, and it's an exceptional goal from Pepe for what it's worth. But in, in the manner that did it, and then the subsequent. Stories that come out. So at full time, I'm going to skip most of the football. And it sounds like good news. Leno is only going to be out for six weeks, which probably rules him out for the rest of the season. But ultimately, good news for Arsenal is they're not going to have to go get Joe Hart to play in net for next season. Um, 
which you know, which is good news for them. Um, good news. Genduzi, Genduzi at full time obviously throttles um, Molpe um, and then walks off because he doesn't actually want to do anything. He, he's a he's, he's a bit of a cowardly shot, really. Uh, now Malpe did did kind of antagonise it with with the the visceral celebration of victory in, in his face. Um, it subsequently comes out that Genduzi spent the game talking about how he earned so much more money than all of the Brighton players. <laughs> yeah. And I've seen Arsenal fans respond to that guy in elite mentality, such a winner, you know, great trash talking. What? He's a, he's a bitch, mate. He's a bitch. Like, isn't he on less? Isn't he on less money than Mopay? He's literally on less money than Mopay as well, crucially. But like, who the hell looks at that and goes, "I'm proud of my my player for basically boasting about how much money he's got"? And they're kind of like going, "Oh, I bet Vieira was similar to that. I bet he fucking wasn't." I bet Patrick Vieira wasn't going around chatting shit about how much money he earns. I bet he wasn't posing for Instagram photos. And it goes, that little story there, that little nugget about Genduzi and what was going on there, I kind of feel epitomises what's wrong at that football club right now. Culture. It's shit. They've got no players in that dressing room that will grab Genduzi and hold him basically to a higher standard than that. I've got no problem with a player chatting shit for a game. You know, some of the best players, just thinking more about 90s basketball here, but like some of the best players did chat shit. They'd never talk about how much fucking money they were making. That wasn't part of it. But like, there's no place in that dressing room that's going to hold him accountable for that. Because the guy with the armband is, is Aubameyang, and he's busy worrying about his shiny cars and a new big fat contract. He's not a leader. He's an elite level striker. Like, and I've got no issue with elite level strikers being uh, all about that money because it, it kind of pairs with the mentality, but it doesn't create a great captain and the entire environment that club just feels like that way and when you've got such a strong pool of young players and according to Arsenal fans and then to be fair to them they are a good group of players but they're the best young players in the country um, the lack of leadership there there's a significant risk of them spoiling because the benefit that the boys at Chelsea have had is they've come up through a time where Chelsea have been massively successful um, and they've seen elite players like Drogba and Lampard and Terry, and obviously they've moved on, but subsequently Chelsea have kind of been able to maintain a level of professionalism in there. Um, and uh, Manchester United as well, if, uh, even though they've not been as successful as what they were, I always feel that Manchester United have always been able to maintain a level of professionalism through there. Arsenal don't seem to have that at all. And Arteta's got a really, really big job because he knows the culture is, is dreadful. Now, the thing that... Um, now, you said something to me um, over the, uh, the, yesterday, Lee. I think it was yesterday, wasn't it? Could have been yesterday, could have been the day before. We don't know. You said that us three, we are people from our generation. We look at Arsenal Football Club and go, we still remember the force they once were. We still remember the, the Invincibles and the fucking battles in like 98 and all that kind of stuff with United and the Pizza Gate and the fucking tunnel and all that stuff. You know, when they were fucking brilliant when they were rev- they were busy revolutionizing the english game kids now if you're born in what 2000 onwards 2000 much. onwards this is the only arsenal you've ever known man nicely nicely that's not good i, I do kind of feel for them but then you sit there and we watch that we watch the uh, brighton game of arsenal fan tv a live stream of those guys uh, who are also watching the game? It's quite amusing, and quite amusing. It was incredible. Oh yeah, it was incredible. It, it, it was it was genuinely 
wonderful the reaction for Mopay's winner. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the guy who was like watching it a little bit, half a minute ahead of so, him? So DT... He's, he's there sitting there and he's clearly watching on his phone and when, when Malpe clearly scores because they must be on a delay watching whatever they were watching he's out he's like see you later <laughs> I can't be doing with this and you can see them the, the other guys sitting there Troops and um, Robbie just sitting there for a moment they see him walk past and they you can hear him muttering and Troops is kind of like looking up as to what's going on and then <laughs> DT clearly tells him it's like they've scored the winner and then it's the realisation it was Molpe as well oh my god the fact it was Molpe as well and and what more what was more perfect was that um, I think it was at Troops was saying literally two minutes before he goes I can't believe we've dropped four points to Brighton over the course of the season it's a joke it's a joke and then literally one minute later no, it's, it's six points you've dropped <laughs> the thing of Arsenal though again you talk about mentality Pretty much, if you play that team and one of their players t- goes off on a stretcher, you've won. Yeah. There's a history with that team recently where injuries to players, it does impact them significantly. A lot of other teams, it galvanises, but it does seem to... Um, Erode. Have, yeah, it does. It completely changed the mentality. Um I think there's a lot of big questions for, for Arteta to deal with and it's not helped by the lack of finances available for him to, to, to sort the problems. Um, he needs a proper captain. Um, I don't know who that is because I look through the senior players and I'm like, I wouldn't want any of them with the armband. Um, Aubameyang's contract is going to be a big problem because of Mesut Ozil's contract. So I'll start with Ozil. They've got a player there who I think is just kind of done. Right, I don't think that he wants to be there, but ultimately he's not going to walk away from three hundred fifty thousand pounds a week. Clearly, Arteta doesn't fancy him either. He's not been in the in the nineteen man squad, so the, you know the squads are massive, and Arteta he's not picking him. But they're not going to be able to get rid of him if he's on three hundred fifty grand a week. Who's paying that? So they're almost at a point where they're better off completely removing him from the situation and paying him whatever's left on that contract for him to go away. Um, you know, a buyout. It's, it's, it's done in other leagues in, in America. Um, it's a lot of bloody money to swallow to kind of wave someone off. But ultimately, I can't see how he's a positive influence. But I can't see how Kroenke would take that upfront yeah. hit. No. Um, Aubameyang's contract then in turn, he wants a final payday. What is he, 30? 31? Something like that. He's, he's on his last payday. Um, and he'll look at Ozil and go, I want 350 grand a week, please. <laughs> But he's well within his right. He's like, I'm the only person that's scoring the goals here. Without my goals, genuinely, you're fighting relegation. Um, so I'd like my 350 grand a week. Because Arsenal can't <laughs> offer him... But they, genuinely, they can't offer him uh, trophies, can they? It's not like they can turn around and go, um, stay and we'll win stuff. Because he'll look at it and go, bullshit. <laughs> Chelsea just gone and bought Zayek and Werner. And what are we doing? We've got no money to sign anyone. So that's a problem. They've got Lacazette, who... I just don't don't know what he does. His, his body language is way off. I, I, and I don't think Arteta's particularly convinced by him. Um, and then the defence problem... I will never understand why they have two players. Like, like if you're going to have Lacazette and Aubameyang, play them together or something. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't fit. None of it fits. They're both paid far too much money to be on the bench. And... Do you know what I mean? Like, it does- I feel that about this about Ozil as well because 
It's not like the, the players that they're playing are better better than him. I know he hasn't. I know he has that kind of that way of his style of play that probably isn't going to be to Arteta's liking. But you've got to find a way of integrating him when he's on that wage, and you know you're not going to shift him if he's not going anywhere. Try and utilize him, and he's. Mm. It seems like he's. I don't know. Like he's almost kind of sticking a middle finger up to Cronkey and saying, "Well, I'm not going to play him, and you're going to pay him three hundred and fifty grand a week, basically." <laughs> but what? But what that does is it kind of say all that does in my in my mind it strengthens the resolve of Cronkey not to pay anyone else that type of money again Absolutely. in case this happens. Well, the other you thing know, is as well, it shouldn't be forgotten, but they were this close to having to cough up similar money for Alexis Sanchez and you saw what happened with him when Manchester United did. Um, David Lewis, he's, he's, a, he's a problem. He's, he, the reason why Lampard shipped him is because he weren't keen on basically playing fourth fiddle. He wanted to be a starter. The second he's not a starter, he becomes a problem in the dressing room because he is a player who other players within that dressing room warm to. So he can become um, counterproductive for Mikel Arteta, that's for sure. Um, so do they pay him a new contract or do they waive off the £24 million which they paid uh, ultimately for one season of him? You've got Mustafi who... <sighs> He's still Mustafi, right? I know that, that people can point and say Arteta's got more out of him. I just think that he plays uh, maybe a bit more defensive. Uh, He's the Otamendi of Arsenal. So, and it I'm all goes that one. these are the senior players. Not I one of them deserves yeah, the artband. I think in summary, basically what Woods is saying is that we're going to be witnessing the demise of Arsenal pretty much over the next season because at the moment they're lucky to be challenging you know, top, top six. But I think in a year or two years to come, they're going to be top ten. That's it. They can't take it for granted that because they're Arsenal, they'll still be competing. For that. And they did under Wenger because Wenger did deliver top four pretty, you know, consistently, consistently, consistently. And then it went. And then the investment went. And now the idea that they can get back to it without significant investment, especially when you're going to look at a summer where Chelsea are going big, Manchester United are going big, City will do business still, Liverpool are going to be Liverpool. And then you look at the tier below... And they're going to be going for it. I mean, Tottenham, question marks, but Everton, I, I, I'm expecting Everton to, to back Ancelotti. Uh, Newcastle, we know that there's a significant chance that once this deal's pushed through, if it is pushed through, there'll be investment there. Like, they'll be coming into that kind of group of teams who are... There's a Wolves as well to check in. Yes, you know what? I am forgetting the two big teams. It's Wolves and Leicester. Yeah. That's what I mean. That's why I think Arsenal are going to be lucky if they're going to be top 10. Well, let's move on to Everton, um, on to the next part of the show. I'll press lap again. Thank you, Lee. Don't raise your finger, son. Don't worry about it. I'll ask you, Mr. Collard, about Everton. Obviously, we watched the game together. Um, a very much, very much a muted derby, I would say. Um, Holgate and Keane at the back, keeping things tight. Calvert-Lewin. You know, you had the, probably the best chance of the game. Chances. Chances of the game. Could have come away with a win. First win in how many years? Too many. Too many. It's 19 games or something now. It's quite a few. Um, that's my question to you. Are you ever going to win a Merseyside derby ever again? <laughs> like, what do you what do you think you need? Um, obviously, you've got a big summer ahead of you, as you know many clubs do. But I think, as we've talked about on the pod previously, Everton are in almost a, a unique-ish position, or a very good position, that you have the money to spend if, 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 you, need, if you need it. Um, this will be the first real transfer window of Ancelotti's reign and you would expect uh, the chairman to back him. Um, you know, what do you want to see as an Everton fan coming in? Not, you know, to give me specific players if you don't have them, but what do you want to see? What, what would make you happy? 
Um, I think we're kind of seeing it now, to be honest. I think the season's a, a write-off. I, I think the chances of European football are slim. And Ancelotti seems to have, you know, his tactic of playing 4-4-2 and playing it out from the back. And I think that's what he's doing now. That's that's his integration. He needs to get this team working to how he wants it. And it, you know, you you, you saw me when I was watching the game. It, it was it was a struggle to watch at times because we just don't have that technical ability to do it consistently and smoothly. Um, sometimes it comes off, and then sometimes we just look hurried and and not very good. But um, I can see what he's trying to do. That's that's ultimately what he wants. He wants us to be a better playing a team from, from out from the back with the ball at our feet. Whether we've got the players at the moment Did, to do that, I don't know. Didn't Martinez try that and didn't Coman to a degree try that as well? And it hasn't worked for them. Um, I would argue differently maybe with uh, Martinez to an extent. Um, we just conceded goals, he couldn't find the balance. Um, Koeman maybe on the other side, um, but we were lucky we had Lukaku at the time who always found the net for us. I think that's the key thing for us. We don't have an out-and-out striker. Um, Calvert-Lewin... He's, he's improved this season. He, he's he scored some goals. Moving forward, uh, I, I, I don't know if I'd like him to be number one if we could attract a better player um, than him. But he has got youth on his side and, like I said, he has improved quite a lot this season. I know you don't really rate him, but I've watched him, you know, from when he come onto the scene as an 18-year-old and I think in three seasons, you, there's been improvement every year. So... Um, I can see the improvement. But we definitely need another striker, though. That, that's that, you need a shadow of a doubt. I don't think Calvert Lewin is ever going to be a natural goal scorer. He's I not think. going to be a twenty goals a season. No, I think uh, my one of the biggest improvements that you boys need to make. You need some wingers because if you go through your entire set collection of wingers, <laughs> who of them are good? Well, you uh, you saw how I felt watching the derby with uh, Alex Awobi, who was our signing last summer. Oh, Panic, after we couldn't get Zaha, how much? Seventy-one million? No, that's how much we tried to get Zaha. But and how much did uh, we think thirty? Thirty odd for Awobi. Thirty-nine. Um, Thirty odd. Oh. <laughs> Either way, mate. Thirty, whatever it is. It's, it's a bad it's, it's sign. It's too much money because he's just he's just not good enough. He's he's not he's not going to be one of those players that's going to take us to the next level. He's he's poor. He was he was poor in the derby, and every time I watch him. I just, there's just, yeah, there's that technical ability. He just seems so scatty, and you just, you know, when you watch a play and you just tell they've got that grace about them and that they're confident with the ball at, his, at their feet. He doesn't feel that confidence with me when he's on the ball. Um, and yeah, just not good enough. And then on the other side, we had, what well, we started off with Anthony Gordon, a youngster. What a game to, uh, to be chucked in, uh, Derby, uh, with no crowd behind you. But, um, he, he did okay, but obviously, yeah, moving forward, I don't think he's the answer. And we've got Bernard as well, but um, a, a winger would be would be good. Need to do a better scouting job. That that first, it was a proper panic move. That was when you realised that Zaha wasn't going to get done. Uh, I think the agreement with Palace was um, Zaha could move to a Champions League team, and because Everton didn't have that, they didn't have to sell him. To, to Everton as a result and then Everton turned around and were like shit we need someone and that's when they threw the bag at Arsenal for um, yeah the for, bag <laughs> yeah. It's, it's wild though I mean the, the, you're right Lee they need to sign players which are going to break them into basically the Wolves-Leicester area um, Leicester and Wolves have both respectively done an excellent job on signing those players. It's better for me, especially Wolves. Yeah, I mean, 
you kind of think of the players that they've they bought in and and how good they play at times. Leicester obviously have hit gold with Ndidi. Um, I think James Madison as well is is an obvious one as well. And even centre halves, you know, Johnny Evans and uh, Sayoku coming in for for Maguire. Um, you know, they lost an eighty million pound centre half, and Leicester is still doing okay this season. I mean, okay, they're third. Um, need to do a better job. I mean, you have to get that guy back who um, who was basically telling you all the players to sign that you didn't sign. Oh, what's his name? Brands? Is it Brands? No, it's not Brands. It was the other one. Brands is our it, current guy. It was the other one, wasn't it? Steve Walsh. Yeah, wasn't it? Who was he that saying that you he told you guys to sign? Yeah, that's Steve Walsh. He used to be our when he used to be the basically the chief scout or whatever he was. I think well, he knew he was at Leicester, then he got promoted to yeah, that's right. some higher role. Um, but ultimately, yeah, we signed players like Balassi and Michael Keane under him. So, and then you're saying, yeah, I can't remember who the players we. I can't think who it was, but, us, but it was like some top level players which were under I the. Think, I think one was Maguire. Because instead of going for Keane, uh, we went for Keane instead of Maguire because they both moved in the same. Yeah, team. that's right. Yeah. I mean, that was a good choice. Ultimately, <laughs> the, the, the recruitment needs to, yeah, just needs to be better. Um, it's been too many misses and not enough hits. That's the good news is that Carlo to. does have a, a level of pull. You know, it's Carlo Ancelotti will, will attract more players then. Uh, You'd like to think with the money as well, the money and Carlo Ancelotti, yeah, the, we are going to have the ability to attract some, some better or higher calibre of player, but... There are going to be other teams in the same market, and there are. That's the that's the issue. We we need to make sure. We've got nothing to offer them. No Europa League, no Champions League. But it's a broken market, and your your money is going to go a lot further this summer than it would have done last year. And if you've budgeted in your, you know, obviously you're going to have lost money due to you know no no people in the crowd and stuff like that. But if you've budgeted for a certain amount of transfer spending and you keep it near on about that level. You're going to outfish a lot of a lot of other clubs uh, if you take a hit on potential income from the stadium. So, you know, the, 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 there's if Everton get their books correct uh, to a level that the chairman's happy with, you could just outgun outgun teams for players and start throwing mad papes around. Yeah? It's just convincing you could, you could, those, those. I mean, I've heard well, there's a player in North London on three hundred three hundred fifty grand a week, mate, who might want to carry that on. But that's the thing. I think Brands wants to... Uh... Or maybe there's a player in North London who wants 350 grand a week, mate, and you can be like, come to us. <laughs> hey, you need a striker, don't you? No, there's one thing with Brands, and that's that he, he doesn't really like going for the older player. I think Fabian Delph was the exception to the rule in that in terms of the last summer. Pretty much everyone else, they always like to buy with the potential to sell on. Or there is, you know, they, they hold their value, yeah. basically. Um, so I don't think Ozil will be the answer for that one. <laughs> so, Mr Woods... <laughs> Mr. Woods, um, we spoke at length last week about a potential glorious Pogba-Bruno um, love session in the middle of the centre circle, resulting in a feast of goals. Um, I would like your opinion on how that went. Well, Ollie cock-teased us a bit because he decided to not give us that from the start. Um can't explain why. Uh, maybe he felt that he wanted to keep it tight early. Um, I think he was just rewarding Fred and McTominay. Probably. Um, but I think that ultimately, the second that Paul Pogba came on, the game completely changed. Uh, Pogba ran the show for the final half hour and Bruno Fernandes was his running mate in doing so. Um, unsurprisingly, instantly able to find each other consistently. They were looking for each other most of the time. Um in that in, in that midfield area. Um 
and the game was basically there for United to, to take it. Um, now, I know that it took um, a penalty to equalise, but oh, such good feet. Such good feet from Paul Pogba. He, he does that all the time. He's just got elite level footwork and such a physical frame. He just basically left Dyer for dead. Um, I think it must be exciting, right, for you? Like, that looks... Who, me? <laughs> yes, you. Well, uh, like, you really. It must be exciting because those two, they look like they've already kind of found a level of appreciation for one another in the midfield. And um, Although, probably not the result that uh, United would have wanted on, on the day. Um, and I think there were some quiet performances by uh, both Rashford and Martial. James was absolute garbage, mate. Hulf. Um wouldn't be surprised to not see him start again for the rest of the season. Um, but I mean, we, we can talk about Pogba and, and I, I do want to get back to you, but we, we can't talk about the United Spurs game and not talk about Roy Keane. <laughs> this uh, is one of the few things I know about this game. Oh my watch days. It, but that, that, that half-time summary gives perfect. Was it half-time or was it full-time? Half-time, half-time. mate. He did a half-time, yeah, it was. Yeah. He it was, was seething. You could see the second they went to him, he was seething. He wasn't just angry. He was basically seething. It was incredible to watch because, and don't get me wrong, the goal that Spurs scored, crap from Shaw, even worse from Maguire. And, and, and he's right. De Gea has got to save it. However, I would say fighting him at half time and then telling him to find another way home isn't going to necessarily help build the boy's confidence. I think he said he was going. He would be swinging for him. He, he did say swinging. Now, Probably you know why he's not a manager. Yes, there are reasons. <laughs> now, Roy Keane obviously did have a falling out famously with Peter Schmeichel, so he has got an issue with goalkeepers, hasn't he? Uh, he's got previous there, but oh, incredible! And the best thing about they did get they got it perfect in the studio as well because Patrice Evra was uh, kind of like the ice to, to the fire that was coming from Roy Keane. And, and, and kind of, Patrice, you can see he's kind of just like such a cool, laid-back, smiley character. Um, and and he, he, he was killing him with laughter just to see Roy so wound up. Um, so did, you hear, did you hear what Darren Bent has said? Obviously, Darren Bent's been doing the rounds. Um, and he said, oh, I read this earlier, that it, when, uh, when, I think it was when Keane was the Aston Villa assistant manager, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, he once went. He ranted for about two hours after a game once about. Uh, he literally singled every single player in the dressing room out for criticism and was talking about. Um, they lost two 0 to QPR, I think it was, and uh, he criticised them for things like drinking Lucasade, doing yoga, and having massages. Um, and uh, Ben what? said he's still traumatised from this two-hour drubbing, and some players came out of it apparently scarred. Because he literally just locked them in a room for two hours and just eviscerated them. What was his reasoning for no massages? I don't know. Like, surely that's part and parcel of being a footballer. I mean, he was only there for five months, so you know, he obviously probably condensed two years' worth of rants into one go. Um, but I yeah, do I, love Roy Keane. The thing is, Roy Keane's contract of Sky is up at the end of the season, so I, I can't help but there is a large part of me that does think this is all just for him to get social media buzz. Sky gets more views on their videos on social media. Keane gets himself a nice cushy deal. Because the thing is, Roy Keane, like, I don't think you could just have him on his own. You need, you do need him around other punditry that are going to offer something. Because Roy Keane these days, let's be honest, he is a caricature of, of a pundit. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. But, I, but it's everything I want. Do not get me wrong. I, I love it so much. He's my favourite pundit by a mile. 
just because it gives you that air of unpredictability. And my favourite part of a Roy Keane rant is when it's not him going off on one. It's not him just finding some bizarre angle and running with it. It's when it cuts back to him and he's got a little twinkle in his eye. You know what I mean? And he, he offers himself a slight smirk as he says, as oh, it's, it's, it's gold. I love him. I love also him so as well when when the other when he puts it back to the other guy and then they start talking and the facial expressions he pulls <laughs> are just incredible. You know you know he's a sinner. He wants he he, see, he already wants it stuck back into him. And, he, and he's, he's you know you talk about the, like, the glint in his eyes that they that, that just comes in like you know. A, but they, but they turn to steel. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's great. It's great. Scary as well. But yeah, yeah Mike. Sorry, Mike. The, the, I mean, obviously we could talk about Roy Keane for yeah. the entire pod, but like Pogba, Bruno, thoughts. Yeah, man. Look, it was um, it was the it was the best I've seen Pogba look for a year. Um, not surprising, he had played for a year, which is mad to think. Um, he um, he looked fit, which was uh, every time I've seen him since he first got injured, he hasn't looked fit. Every time he's come on, he looks laboured. Against Spurs, he came on, looked fit, looked energetic. As you said, it looks like him and I, mean, I think him and Rashford already had a pretty good relationship, um, as evidenced by that ball he played to Rashford, which Lee thinks is overrated. <laughs> um, I thought it was an absolute pearl of a ball myself. It was a Technique. sweet ball, mate. Um, the thing is with it, what gets lost in it is the ball was underneath his body, right? It wasn't and like it was. Lo- one- no, no. What gets lost? What gets lost in this is that the golden child Rashford fucking fucked it as well. He, he did, but he did. yeah, no, he, he he definitely did fuck the chance. But the technique to hit a ball like that when it's so close to your body with such velocity, it's 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 not an easy technique to do. No, um, but no, I, I, I am very, I'm very, uh, you know, I'm obviously optimistic for the future going forward. Essentially, the, for the remainder of the season, all I want to see is De Gea in goal because we can't do anything else about him at the moment. Um, you know, what do you reckon De Gea stay Henderson next season? He's going to stay because no one's buying his contract. I, I genuinely don't think another team will be able to. Uh, he's on a lot of money. I don't think we're getting rid of him. No, we're we're we're, we're at that stage of it. I, I just don't. His form isn't good enough for a team to warrant spending that much money on him. The you know two I mean? big Spanish clubs and are kind of filled in that position, aren't they? This is it, and I think we've got. Um, I, I think we have a certain amount of loyalty to him, um, and I have a lot. I love. I love. I love David Taylor. Um It wasn't good enough, um, but goalkeepers make mistakes all the time. But we're seeing them a little bit more now. We're seeing a bit more. Um, but you have to remember, before that, before lockdown had started, we were on a really incredible run of clean sheets, good defensive performances, where he played all right. So I'm not, you know, I ain't going to rush out and fucking start battering him with a fucking a wooden stake. It ain't happening just yet, bruv. Um, or as long as we see Wan-Bissaka, Baye Maguire... I prefer Bayer to, to Lindelof, to be honest with you. What are your, thought, what are your thoughts on uh, Maguire as well from the game? I think... Uh, uh, In terms of, the, you know, the goal. Um, I, I, I don't see what everyone's fussing about, to be honest with you. I reckon you put 90% of, of centre-halves in that position with a player where he expects Luke Shaw not to give the ball away there like a fucking moron. Um, Maguire, yeah, he's flat-footed, but I'm not going to fucking throw the book at him for that, considering it's an unexpected situation. The guy is running at pace at him. He goes either side of him, where there's space. No football in the world can turn around that fast. Uh, uh, Maguire, for me, is the least culpable of all three. Maluk Shaw should not be heading it blind like that, for one. Uh, I think he put Maguire under a lot of pressure, and I think like, the stick that Maguire's got has been completely unwarranted, and it comes from people that haven't played football before. Because turning your body and understanding movement, understanding physics... 
You know, I, I, don't, I don't think you can prepare for that. Um, may, he, he could probably, his body he could probably have done, upset, he could probably have done better. I agree, but Bergwin is quite a fast individual, and he was going at pace. He moved it quite far to the side of Maguire. I don't see how anyone human being is meant to fucking block that without probably either fouling him and giving away a... a do you know what I mean? It's, I'd rather he, he didn't do that than lunge in and do that something stupid. A Phil Jones, if you will. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, strong defensive. Strong. It is, because I think... I just don't... I don't, Stronger I, than Maguire. I, I, don't, I don't agree. <laughs> I just don't agree with the criticism, basically. I just don't agree with it at all. I think it's, uh, I think it's silly. Um, and, uh, yeah, De Gea should be doing better. Simple as that. Should be doing better. Um, the... Um, uh, yeah, Maguire, Bailey, if he's fit, Lindelof, whatever. Um, Sean needs to be better than that. I thought that was really... As soon as he headed that ball, I was sitting on that couch on my own and I said, fuck. Because I, I knew as soon as he headed it, it was a stupid decision. And it's those little decisions that perhaps do seep into a game when you haven't played for a while. You haven't had a proper pre-season, as it were. You know, you've only been playing behind closed doors games. It's, I can get it. You know what I mean? I can get it, but it's disappointing. He has some pounds, though, at least. Yeah, he has. I think a lot of that was his hair, to be fair. Um, I think Matic, Pogba, Fernandez is good. And I want to see that for every game going forward. Um, when Matic gets inevitably tired after three games, bring in Fred and McTominay to come in. Um, I want to see Greenwood play every single game. Rashford playing on the left and Martial up front. Um, slash Igalo. Um That should be the core team that we play. And if we play that core team, we'll finish top four. Um, we spent ages on that. I'd love to disagree. I do think if you do play that, as you called it, the, was it the hardcore eleven? Then, uh, then, then you'll be fine. The what? The hardcore eleven? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Just need, need to make sure you don't get injuries. And just to answer the question in summary, I think Pogba is uh, probably welcomed the fact that he's now got Bruno Fernandes to play with, which he didn't previously have when he when he last played for Man United. It might yeah. be two things here as well. I mean. Just, probably... another one, just, just one more thing about that, that Maguire one, by the way, right? Because <laughs> really, it's really angered me, right? <laughs> Van Dijk doesn't get shown up like that. He is, he can be quite, I, I've seen him get caught flat footed a few times in that exact same scenario, right? The thing with Van Dijk and with Ramos and with John Terry and whoever, there's a defensive midfielder sitting there. One of the things that I did see in that game quite a lot was uh, McTominay and Fred's positioning was quite poor. Uh, McTominay started decently and went to shit quite rapidly. Um, yeah, I will not hear more bad words out of Maguire. Anyway, I, I posed the question there. That was it. I'm, I'm sweating here. Eh? <laughs> you wearing a great t-shirt? Yeah, it's not going to be good for me. Sorry, carry on. Top four is going to be tight, man. I gotta say it's going to be real tight. Leicester have drawn, so they've dropped two more points today. I, but dude, the reason I say this is because that was our hardest game. You've still got to play Liverpool and Man City. Yeah, we've got Man City on Thursday, and that's that's. I think that's going to be our toughest game. I'm not worried about Liverpool. Big I'm really not. They're, they're the penultimate game of the season. I'm not worried about it. You've got Wolves, haven't you? Yeah, and we've played them about 50 times this season. We've, yeah. we've come out on top of the majority of the time. Two of them in the league early this season. Uh, didn't yeah, you get knocked out of the FA Cup? We, we know how to play. We know, I, I would suggest we know how to get a result against them. We know how they play. Uh, I, genuinely, mate, that, that Spurs game was the hardest game we've, we've had. I mean, I've, I've watched enough Spurs to tell you that ain't your hardest game that you got left. Like, they well, were. After, after, after a layoff, after with, 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 with Spurs with players back, away from, I say away from home, you know, I, I would suggest with the preparation and everything like that, that was the hardest game. 
You said those players were back, mate, but you know the fact is that they've had no warm-up games to get back, so that was pretty much their Ooh. first game back. Exactly. So it's hard on Man United. So it's a hard game. It's not. It's not. It's not an easy game. It's harder. For, I'm referring to the Tottenham players, as in like you know Kane and Son. Yeah, it's hard for them as well, obviously. But it's, it's sorry, it's less. Way. It's less that you've got on the last day of the season. Sorry, not Wolves. We've we've got Wolves on the last day. Well, even better then. Even better. You know, I fancy us against this Leicester team. You know, drawing a Brighton. What do you reckon about Chelsea then, Woods? Are they going to be confident for top four? Well, we are, we are on to Chelsea now because I spent too long talking about Man United. And essentially the question... A sharp five minutes on this. Yeah, the, the, yeah good luck. <laughs> uh, the, the question that was posed is, uh, you know, would Havertz actually solve Chelsea's biggest problem? Because I've seen a lot on Twitter from one of our re- no, regular listeners, Kieran, who has obviously been on the show as well, that Mason Mount is, is, was, you know... Is, he was really good at the is, weekend. He was really, really good. He was you know, really very sharp. Good. He was um, very sharp. Yeah, he he was the best player, um, probably on the pitch. Kante was also very good on the day as well. I saw a lot of Kante slander afterwards. Jesus, you know what? All fan bases have got just those people, haven't they? Just the worst. Um, they've basically got agendas that they're set in their mind. So the, the Kante slander was coming from the Jorginho fan club. <laughs> so it's just like, because Kante played well, they felt like his place was under threat. So they had to start basically talking... Talking nonsense. Um, would have uh, solve our biggest problem? No, no, because our biggest problem is centre half, and it's very evident from from the goal that we conceded on on Sunday. Um, classic Chelsea. We absolutely bossed the game, bossed the game from start through to finish. But just before half time, uh, set piece, um, and the entire team just switches off. Well, not the entire team. The defensive switches off. The right back is overwhelmed. So as is kind of dealing with three bodies and Christensen just stops defending. Literally stops, by the way. The player that scores, who ends up some five yards away from him, was the man he was marking and he just stopped. Like the player's over or something. It's ridiculous. And, and this is it because someone pumped out some stats on Christensen and his stats look really good. One headers, interceptions, passing completion, long passes completion. All these stats, wonderful. I watched the game. Right, and this is this is why it's so difficult to use stats to identify centre halves. It's, it's it's why Arsenal ended up with Mustafi because when you look at the game, he was fine for all of the game, but he was responsible for the opener, and he damn well tried his best to give away the equaliser, <laughs> uh, and that's the problem. Like it's, it's it's such a shit job being a defender. It really is a shit job, just like being a goalkeeper because your errors are. Like so emphasised by the fact that your error contributes to a goal against. And it's there for everyone to see. Your fuck-up has contributed to this and now we're fucking in trouble now. Um, and then it's just just the same Christensen over and over and over again. And we've got four centre-halves at the club and I all look at them and go, they're all robbing. And we ain't got a Batman. The problem is, is that there's no Batmans to be found in the transfer market. It's a really difficult market for finding centre halves. It's why Manchester United spent eighty million on Maguire, a great player, yeah, who does not deserve the criticism coming his way. Um, who has improved the team, right? He has improved Manchester United. There's no doubt about it. it. Mag- Mag- Maguire yeah. is a very easy target, right? And the reason he's an easy target is because a he's English. So basically, people will instantly have uh, that kind of uh, no nonsense English defender tag to him uh, be the price tag which he can't help Leicester weren't going to budge on it Manchester United were like we need him whatever the price we're just going to pay it and, and, and also the size of his fucking head um, like these, these are, <laughs> <I was laughs> that's what <laughs> and it kind of feel that it detracts from the fact that he's actually been really good for Manchester United this season um, 
Chelsea need to find their Batman to play centre-half. And I don't think they're going to be able to in this market. Koulibaly's the one that always comes up. I just can't help but feel that at this point. Koulibaly's been linked with free, with teams for three years now, right? He's the, mate, Koulibaly is the ultimate myth. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> there He's has like to this... be something there, right? You, you hope so. You, because, you hope so. Because, like, at 26, and no one's basically pulled the trigger yet. With that, <laughs> we, we, he turned 29 last month. And still no one's pulled the trigger. There has to be something here where the scouts are like, I do not like this aspect of this player. And that's going to be a big fucking problem. And every scout for every top team in world football have all gone, that exact thing is the thing we do not like. Yeah. Uh, and it's crazy. Um, so obviously the other options are the the, the, the Leipzig kid who um, Arsenal have signed, according to Arsenal fans, who they definitely aren't signing. Um, Upper Mancano. Um I've, I've seen a little. Uh, yeah. Upa Makano. Upa oh, Makano. I, I, I pronounced him that way on Football Manager for about six years now. He's my he's my boy, right? Great football manager player, no doubt. He is. Um, I've watched a bit of him for Leipzig, and I feel he's Robin again. He's just the same as Zuma. He's just the same as Rudiger. He's very athletic, um, talented on the ball, can do a bit with that, but ultimately massively liable to f- crucial fuck ups that cause goals. Um, I don't know where you go. Thiago Silva's available on a free. The worrying thing is now going forward is that in a year or two, the best defences in world football for the last several years for my money have been um, Atletico Madrid and Juventus. All right? We've already seen that Diego got in, you know, done. That Juventus back line... Uh, Chilini ain't lasting too much longer. Benucci's old as fuck as well. There's going to be a point where a lot of... And well, you look at, obviously, PSG, Thiago Silva's going. There, there's a lot of teams in European football that need centre-halves. And it has been a problem position for quite some time in terms of who is there. And I can't help but think it's because of the ever-emergence of social media that, as you said, mistakes get highlighted. And opinions are formed, snap judgments are made... And that lives with you. Um, and as you said, a, a, a secondary thing to that is the stats. You know, it's why you've got Mustafis of the world and not someone else. I mean, Arsenal should be getting that Willie Saliba back, right? Saliba, yep. He's, and, and, he's and, meant but, to be... and you know, we touched on needing leadership. By all accounts, that kid's got it in spades. Yeah. It's, but it's, it's fair... Because we don't see much Syria. Um, Syria is not really readily available on TV in this country anymore. Um, if Screener makes a, a mistake for Inter Milan, a player who's obviously uh, regarded as an elite level centre-half, we might not see it. Because when a tree falls in the forest, blah, blah, blah. That's effectively the... the Mate, the, Chris Smalling is in Italy and he's had a, great, he's had a decent season by the council. And that's a fair point. I mean, it is an interesting point for Manchester United to kind of be like, has he been really good? Should we pair him with, with Harry Maguire? Is that a better partnership than Lindelof? Are I don't know. expecting too much from, from centre-halves these days? Because Maybe. there was the, the Vogue thing of people like Ferdinand and Carvalho and people like that who can come out of the ball and play it around and play a bit, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Is I'll be spoiled by that. I'll be expecting too much from centre-halves. But they've all got it because it's the in-vogue thing, you know, the likes of John, even like a John Stones, you know, a, you know Pep wants ball-playing centre-halves. But yet John Stones is the best ball-playing centre-half, supposedly, that England have produced for quite some time. And yet he's not good enough anymore. You know, what, what is this supposed perfect defender? What does he look like? Because for me, the, the Batman Robin scenario is the Tricky Dicky and the John Terry. Yeah, you know, it's the, the Vida and Rio. The Vida, you know, and it's like 
realistically, is it a case that United and 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 Chelsea had lightning in a bottle with that? It um, could that, well be, my friend. It could well be. But I mean, Liverpool have got Van Dijk, obviously. But we've seen who's the second one to that? Is Matip. Gomez? Is it Matip? You know, I think it's Matip. They've been playing Matip this year, but I think the the feeling is is that Joe Gomez is. The, the, the one the, the one right in the future right? but then uh, we'll see because it's not a guarantee like no. I would suggest that neither Matip or Gomez are fully established cemented we're here for the next five years kind of players at the moment because no. none of them have had that long run in the team I, I, would, I would suggest where they have maybe even outshined Van Dijk on some occasions it is Van Dijk is the man it's very difficult because it shouldn't be forgotten Man City has spent 40 million like every summer on a centre half where's Mangala how's he doing is he Batman <laughs> <laughs> you got John Stones, Otamendi. Uh, you know, you got all these players, and ultimately, the one that they did land on was the one which they only signed because John Stones got hurt. Yeah. You know, Laporte does look the real deal. Um, I'm, ho- it, I'm praying that football manager has told me that Jose Jimenez from Atletico, Atletico Madrid is the one, and I'm, I'm praying that he is going to be the man because so he's Jimenez, been great on football manager for years as well. So Jimenez has kind of got that playing style, which will, I think managers like uh, i.e. He's, he likes defending which is crucial which a lot of defenders I look at Christensen I'm like he doesn't want to defend it's not what he wants to do um, and also he doesn't switch off that I feel that a lot of defenders their, their weaknesses tend to be related to their awareness um, Chelsea could do a lot worse than spending 100 million on Jimenez but they're not going to do that uh, but they've got, they've, they, I, I'm not convinced they're actually going to address that position of weakness I do so f- question for you then like because before we go into predictions um, are you going to sign are you going to sign Havertz I think we will sign Havertz I, I genuinely believe that Chelsea will sign him um, I think that might be the end of the road for uh, Ross Barkley um, who I think has already been earmarked for, for transfer to somewhere this summer uh, but I do believe that he will he will join um, so, you, so you talk about Man United fans being giddy about Bruno and Pogba a summer where you sign Zayek, Werner and Havertz <laughs> that's football manager come to life that is, my isn't it yeah it's pretty wild uh, I think what's it's, you know you talk about lightning in a bottle I think it's just last summer's transfer ban the money from Hazard uh, and Morata, the, the money that will be coming from other players that will be moved on this window he didn't say Morata Um, obviously not spending money last year the feel good uh, and the fact that quite a few of those youth products have come in and been able to contribute um, it's just all left us and then the pandemic came and it's left teams in a unfavourable position like we'd signed Werner because Liverpool didn't right I'm not daft enough to sit here but equally we signed Fabregas because Arsenal didn't want to so I'm not like the fact that Effectively, we only ended up with Werner because Liverpool didn't want to pay the money. Uh, does that bother me? Not at all, right? Not at all. Uh, and I think that we're still taking advantage of it because I think that Bayern will sign Sane this, this summer. And I think because of that, I think we've got pole position on, on signing Havertz. And I think that um, at some point, I'm sure that Chelsea did look at Sancho. I think that since January, they've completely called that interest. Absolutely. Like you don't hear about Chelsea being linked with him anymore, and I think that that's probably because they've been given an indication that the boy has made his mind that he wants to go to Manchester now. Touching on Sancho and slightly changing gears a bit, there's an interesting situation rising in Manchester because with Leroy Sane on the way out, there is now a space at Manchester City 
a club who obviously Sancho had originally left because obviously disagreements over playing time. And I don't know what that relationship is with Pep. I don't know if it's anywhere close to repairable or what, and, or even if City would be willing to spend um, like Manchester United did with Pogba, but be able to kind of stomach the fact that we spent uh, we, we spent £100 million on a pl- bringing a player back that ultimately we had under our own roof uh, once upon a time. But wouldn't it be fucking incredible to see Manchester United and Manchester City fighting over Sancho and him having to make that decision? No. Um, <laughs> let's go to the predictions. Um, let's go to the predictions because I don't want to even entertain this idea, quite frankly. Um, that'll be one you can maybe tweet outwards because uh, I'm interested in just in debating that, quite frankly. Uh, it's not. What I will say, I get a feeling about Jaden Sancho that his heart is set on Manchester United. And the reason being is because... Manchester United create superstars. I think he wants to play with Rashford as well. They, they, probably. I yeah, think there's a good chance of that. They seem like they're really, really good mates. Um, and uh, But notice we went the entire episode and we haven't talked about Jesse Lingard once. It's great. I've forgotten he exists. Um, right. So we've got football again. So let's do some predictions. The problem is I don't know the day of this, this particular game. Uh, so we have Spurs and West today. What am I on about? We have Spurs, West Ham... Quarter past eight today. It is now quarter past eight, so you're not cheating, boys and girls. I thought we called saying, this boys? one last week. Did am we? I being, am I being dumb? I thought like I, I thought that definitely Spurs will win this game. Excellent. So in that case, then we won't do this one. Well, um, I didn't predict it. Well, then you can predict well, it, Lee. <laughs> um, I'll take a draw. Are you kidding me? Did you see West Ham? Yeah, that mate. Was it. Free fall. They are genuinely getting back to kind of relegation quickly. Bournemouth gone, Norwich gone, one place left. Brighton seem to have brought themselves out of that situation. Uh, Villa and West Ham seem to be the two that are kind of being sitting in that. Right? I'm just there, there was a moment for West Ham when um, who's that? Felipe Anderson picked the ball up. Uh, I'll pretty much just just inside his own half to a degree, and he started running with the ball, and it was like a break. And I was like. Okay, I've heard Philippe Hans is meant to be very quick. You know, he's got he's got literally in front of him was just green, and I was like, run, and he picked the ball up, and he and he looked around, and he started jogging a little bit, and he looked around a bit more, and he started jogging a bit more, and then got tackled, sworn by three players, and he literally just sat down, got up slowly, and just started just walking away, and I was like, that that right there is West Ham United, they going bought- down. A lot of nice shiny attacking pieces who are probably were quite excited about the prospect of playing in the Premier League and then gave them David fucking Moyes as a manager. What did oh, they mate. expect to happen? What did they expect to happen with these, these, these shiny nice pieces and David Moyes? I'm just looking at it now just to quickly say Villa 26, Bournemouth 27, West Ham 27, Watford 28, Brighton now up to 33. There's a little bit of a gap there opening. Um, Villa... I could see get I could see West Ham going, mate. I really could because I, I I just I'm not convinced that they're going to ever string a runner. They look together. fucking dreadful. That's the problem. That's the, yeah, and the fact is what you just kind of touched upon is the players just don't look up for it. They they completely they haven't look got, off They haven't the got the right mentality at oh. the moment, especially not for a dogfight. And as you said, they've got these nice little plays. You know, are they? Prepared or are they, you know, in a situation where they can get a West Ham out of a relegation no. battle? No, no, they're exactly. not exactly. Um, Right, we're going on to Wednesday, 6 o'clock. Manchester United, Sheffield United. Manchester United. Yeah. yeah. Sheffield United, oh, um, I think the bubbles burst a bit and they haven't got their goalkeeper crucially playing. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Um, 
Then we've got also six o'clock, Newcastle, Aston Villa. What a massive fucking game for yeah. Villa that is. Wow. By the way, just going back, just going back very briefly, Sheffield United would be very, very remiss if we didn't talk about the fact that VAR didn't, or not VAR, but the fucking goal line technology didn't fucking work. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's some madness, right? It didn't work. That was like your welcome football was back because there was controversy, wasn't it? It, it the, 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 the technology that is meant to work all of the time that literally cannot fail to work, didn't work. Let's not forget about this, crucially as well. This technology, like you say, 100% accurate, was the sole reason that Liverpool did not win the title last year. (laughs) Genuinely, because it was the Aguero goal and the clearance off the line, right? Two decisions that ultimately went in Man City's favour that contributed to, I think, a total of uh, four extra points. If I, the fact that, that it didn't work in that moment, I'd be like, hang on a minute. How often has this kind of had problems, etc., etc.? Just, uh, yeah, interesting. And then obviously that VAR was sleeping. Like That, that was the first, so that's the crucial factor for me, is the fact that it's not, uh, they didn't refer it to VAR. I, don't, I don't think VAR were aware that that was something they could review, if that makes sense. Because they'd be like, hang on a minute, but that, that technology is like 100% accurate. We're the one that's a little bit, Ho hum. Um, if they're not saying it's a goal, there must be a reason. I think that's what happened with the referee as well, because um, I can't think what the ref's name is, but he must have looked at him and gone, I oh, yeah, looked in, uh, but <laughs> my watch doesn't seem to be saying it. And the th- this is it, because like, it must have just been. The, but then there's have, conflicting stories that come out saying that, like, um, he, he did know it was a goal and his watch did go off or something, but then something else didn't happen. And it all got. Well, I heard it was because it's a freak occurrence, basically, where literally yeah. all the, all the cameras were blocked. Yeah. So they just couldn't pick it up. And after over like a thousand or ten thousand matches, it's never happened before. Exactly. So the chance of this happening again is pretty slim. Yeah, we'll tell that to Sheffield United when they don't mm-hmm. uh, make Champions League football. Well, this is it. That, is, just think I mean? about momentum in the game, right? They win that game. They beat Newcastle. They're now ahead of Manchester United. And now, right, yeah. right now though they're, they're plummeting back down to earth like it's, it, it's wild isn't it speaking of Newcastle uh, we've got Newcastle Villa um, New- I, I'm so happy for Joe Linton yeah it was nice to did see you see score. the one in the first half yes. though the one, oh, oh, I don't even know how the ball ended up there once he's opened his body up he's managed to just hit it with his heel oh it's so bad oh. to the front post into the ground it was awful uh, draw um, yeah, I, I problem is I can't see Villa scoring I'm going to go for a Newcastle win Ooh. I'll go and I'll join you then I'll have, I'll have an away win you're an away win so you'll have a Villa win then oh is it Newcastle at home yeah oh definitely Newcastle because yeah, we'd establish home the way doesn't matter <laughs> but you know it's fine yeah, <laughs> mate. Lee's picked uh, every possible option uh, 6 o'clock also we've got to make a decision about which game to watch tomorrow night Norwich host oh. Everton we, we, we need some points so it's Everton it's a perfect opportunity Nor- Norwich, oh, Norwich are playing their, their little football and it's all well and good because they're leaving whopping great spaces at the back yeah, yeah Everton Everton, Everton. Uh, then we have we, we did lose some early in the season though so shouldn't, shouldn't be counting much oh, payback <laughs> is this the one that cost the, the manager his job no because you lost 2-0 right and Cantwell scored and I would suggest it, it probably contributed. Um, <laughs> so, six o'clock also, 
Wolverhampton Wanderers host Bournemouth. Definitely Wolves. Wolves. Bournemouth are done. Forking that lot. Agree. Then quarter past eight, we've got the return of Cristian Ball, but it's at Liverpool this time. If you look at Sky's advertising, you wouldn't know that Crystal Palace are playing this game. It is the most nauseating piece of advertising I think I've ever seen. It is genuinely horrible. Aren't they just showing loads of historic Liverpool faces? That's literally, and then it comes in at the very end, Liverpool Crystal Palace, and it's like... Crystal Palace not mentioned once there's not a picture there's nothing it's just literally 40 seconds of Liverpool montages and then it's they can't win the title can they in they that can't game. do it now which uh, is why I don't understand why they kept the build up like, because no they committed idea. they committed and they're like fuck we committed that's about as much faith yeah. as uh, what I do in everything uh, I'm going draw Ooh. Um. Palace are solid defensively. Palace have been on a really good run. They haven't lost in run. like eight games or something. And I know, obviously, seven of those were ages ago. But they're, they're I'm also going to go draw because I don't think Salah is fit yet. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh no, I'll, I'll go Liverpool. Okay. Such a massive Liverpool fan. <laughs> then on uh, Thursday, 25th of June, six o'clock kickoff, Burnley take on Watford. Brexit FC. <laughs> Burnley got some issues because of this whole contract issue. Yeah. They lost three players. We've got a lot right? of their players, so they're playing kids. Um, it obviously, didn't, yeah, Hendricks is one. I think Aaron Lennon was another, wasn't he? Yeah, they've let uh, Joe Hart walk, but yeah, who, who cares? <laughs> I think Watford will win that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, By the way, just a, a fuck you to Burnley, yeah, and their fans. I'm sure we'll get to it. Ooh. <laughs> So, um, someone's got it lined up, I see. Yeah. <laughs> and we've got uh, Southampton take on Arsenal. Southampton. Fucking mate, Southampton. Yeah, man. <laughs> and I'm watching Arsenal TV. No, oh, yeah, I'm mate. not actually watching the game. I'm going to be watching Arsenal TV. I'm just going to get the stream of Arsenal TV. <laughs> <laughs> mate, House Noodles is going to come in with a golden shovel, mate, and bury them further. I love it. Um, then we have big game, quarter past eight. Chelsea take on Manchester City. Mine is Aguero. That's big, by the way, because he, he always scores against Chelsea. I was there, and he banged a hat-trick against us. It was quite depressing. Um, it's a big game. We're I looking we... at you here. We want to see how you're going to go on this. I'm going City. I, I, I don't think City, we'll lose to City. City. The game, last night, City dominated that from start to finish. They look sharp, mobile. I know it's Burnley, but they look fucking So great. you're saying you're not going to lose to Liverpool or City then, because you mentioned Liverpool. Earlier. I don't think, we'll, I don't think Liverpool, Liverpool are going to be well and truly on the beach by that point. Um, they've got nothing to play for after this because they they're out of the FA Cup they're out of the Champions League there's nothing left for them to do. other than revenge eh for the slip eh <laughs> I, think I think they thought they got that revenge last year uh, when Salah obviously scored that goal I think that uh, we'll draw I don't think we'll win but I don't think we'll lose uh, I think City ok and then we've got Villa Wolves on, on Saturday half 12 sorry we're Villa Wolves Villa Wolves Wolves yeah. Mate, whilst Troy is playing, mate, always Wolves. Yeah, he's a game he's changer. A game cha- absolute game changer. So this is obviously the FA Cup weekend, isn't it? Um, Are we doing FA Cup game. games? No. Oh, wait. Sorry. Interesting game. Yeah, it's, it's difficult to pick against Wolves. Yeah. And then Sunday, half past four, we have Watford, Southampton. Draw for me, Clive. Yeah, draw. Watford. And then Monday, we've got Palace Burnley. Palace. Palace. I agree. 
There you go. There Predictions go. done. Uh, I would cover FA Cup, but I really cannot be fucked. It's only four games, right? Let's let's oh, let's, let's hit in. it. Because one of them is you lot. Friday. Oh, sorry, Saturday, sixth round, half five, Norwich, Manchester United. Manchester United. Um, and then on Sunday, three o'clock, Sheffield United, Arsenal. Sheffield United. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. Oh. It'll be entertaining. Uh, that's going to be an interesting one, that one. Um, that's, that's everyone's season, isn't it, at this point? Um, I, think, I think I will take Sheffield United. I just, don't, I just can't see Arsenal winning football matches. Well, we're not counting these as proper predictions, are we? No. no. Lee, thoughts? Um, I don't care. As long as Arsenal fan TV is entertaining, I think that's all we're looking yeah. for at this point. Leicester played Chelsea. Say it's how it done be actually, because obviously it is Arsenal. We're guaranteed like you know comedy, so it should should be a good watch. Um, but yeah, hopefully Sheffield United win. Yeah, Leicester played Chelsea at four. Um, tough game that they played each other twice this season. Both have been two all draws, I believe, um, or all draws at least. Leicester haven't looked that great. Though, they haven't looked good. Um, I think I, I can see two Chelsea draws. winning that. Uh, and then the last game, half six, Newcastle, Manchester City. <laughs> yeah, well. Almiron with a with a worldie man. <laughs> I, I, um, I feel that you know, if you're Man City, I mean, I say that Man City only really care about the trophy that they'll com- be competing for in August, right? Um, but still, Man City, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, I'll start with you, Mister Lee. Give me a winner. Um. Cool. I really, really, really was impressed with um, Seamus Coleman's, Coleman's performance against um, Liverpool and Mane. But I do think I have to give it to Mopai just because he scored. Got in got in the faces of uh, of, of the uh, Arsenal boys. And also with his, uh, when, he, when he come out after the game, and he, he said it, you know, as it was. Um, and also said that, uh, that, you know, they lacked humility, in particular one person, obviously Gwendouzi. So, um, yeah, I'll give it to Mopai. I like that. I like that a lot. Mr. Woods. Yeah, my post is a good shout, that one. Um, uh, yeah, I think I, I kind of feel that every fan other than Arsenal, um, I think that we've all had a a giggle about, you know, the, 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 the fact that they lost the 95th minute goal to, to the player that they were crying about their goalkeeper. Um, match of the day, didn't think there was any issue with it, by the way. Uh, no the, um, so it's only Arsenal fans that were crying about it, uh, and the subsequent um, talking about Genduzi, um that just humiliating themselves even more. Um, that you know this kind of trend where you go, oh, he's in your head rent free. That's yeah. that's kind of what they're saying about Genduzi, Oh, he's in your head rent free, and it's like no, it's, it's not. It's just basically he's a bitch. Man's a no, bit. In so fact, basically. Mope was in his head rent free. That was well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, That's actually, why they lost. It cost the game. Arsenal one goalkeeper. Um, so Mope. Uh, well, I'm going with fans of every Premier League team, but <laughs> Arsenal. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Um, I'm going to go because I think Mope is a very good shout. Uh, as is anyone that doesn't support Arsenal. Uh, I'm going to go with Phil Foden. Uh, came oh, yeah, in. He had a game yesterday, didn't mm. he? Very good performance last night. Um, yeah, well, obviously with the uh, you know the couple maj- of nice goals, exactly the majestic David Silva retiring or no, not retiring but leaving at the end of the season. Um, yeah, Foden's can good 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 performance. Uh, good for him. I'm pleased for him. Um, hmm. Yeah, uh, and then uh, give me a loser, Lee. Oh, let's be clear about it. We I think we've all got. I the think same we've loser. all got the same loser. Maybe we'll let Brexit FC and the <laughs> flying machine. 
What the fuck is this shit? Now, by all accounts, I don't know if the geezer is a Burnley fan who actually paid for this. Um, quite what the fuck the company was doing that said, yes, we'll fly that. That's the pilot, thing, like... Pilots out of work, mate. That's then they mean. come out and said that, you know, because it doesn't use offensive language, that then they can... Are you fucking... They've I actually know. responded to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they come out, they've responded. I would have just gone, oh, we didn't even know what we were flying. <laughs> they, they made it. We're all, we're, we're all, oh, we're all like, Spanish, we can't read English, we didn't know what it was. Are you fucking kidding? In black company, <laughs> The company generally come out and gone, oh, but it's not offensive. Yeah, Fuck me, this country. You, the actual words... You know, they're, you know, they're not, you know, swear words, etc. So, I, you've, we've seen all the like the stuff that's gone it's, around it, right? So, you've seen the supposed uh, WhatsApp with him and his mates, right? I've I seen have not that, seen I've the WhatsApp. Seen, I've seen that he's been photographed with Tommy Robinson. Right. So, there's, there's a bunch of stuff. I'll, I'll try and run through some things. So, the first one is that the um, so the guy that actually organised the whole thing. Um, it went round his WhatsApp conversation between him and his and his mates, um, where literally the target was for that plane to be flown over um, ab- above the stadium when the kneel was happening. Right, that was the target, um, and with the joke saying um, uh, maybe Sterling will walk off. Uh, that was the target to basically antagonise okay. that, that, That's what their motive was. Just yeah, to try and, and do also like that. Uh, Pep will go mental or something. That was also some comment about Pep. Um, <laughs> It's also come to light that obviously he's a Tommy Robertson fan, um, which mm. obviously puts him in a particular category of scumbag. Um, his wife or his partner as well works at a, a, some kind of like salon, like some kind of th- beauty therapist, something like that, or some some kind of uh, maybe a manicurist or a pedicure, something like that. Um, she is a racist, abhorrent scumbag as well, who had been tweeting that Burnley Town Centre is uh, now uh, full of foreigners. Um, it makes her sick. Something has to be done about it. Um, and then she referenced, and this is just a quote, obviously it's not my views, that they need to be sent on the first banana boat home. Um, she has now been suspended from her job and she doesn't have a Twitter account anymore. Um, and yeah, this is kind of where we are now. And it appears as though, despite... Basically, everyone that is a decent human being coming out and condemning it. Now, actually, we talk about Burnley, um, you know, Brexit FC, etc., etc. Now, the players have come out in, in, and they have obviously, Ben Me, I thought, did a very good job of coming out and completely fucking condemning it, um, which is the right thing to do. I don't understand how people can sit there with a straight face and say white lives matter. Because I don't think they, uh, and because it's what I've what I've discovered today, um, what I've discovered uh, from talking actually on uh, a couple of football forums as well, because um, it's been a rumbling over the last couple of weeks about this stuff, and um, it doesn't matter how many times you you spell it out for people that seem to not understand what this is all about. It doesn't matter how many times you sit there and say. This is why it's happening. This is the point behind it. And you saying all lives matter, white lives matter, literally you're coming across like this because that's not the point. You can say it and you can say it and you can say it. But the fact of the matter is, is that they ain't going to fucking listen. Because at the end of the day, the last thing that these absolute 
fucking scumbags want to do is look at themselves and have to make a judgment for themselves and backpedal and reassess something because it requires brain power to have to think about something. And instead, it's a lot easier to make a snap judgment and just do go down the easy road. Because there's always a fucking someone to blame, someone to fucking put the responsibility on, as long as it ain't them. So what I would like to say to them, and to anyone that thinks in that way, a massive fuck you. I want none of your time, I want none of your business. Go fuck yourselves. Perfectly said. Thank you. There's there's a few people that are very fortunate um, that that event happened. Ginduzi is one of them, we've already touched on that. Uh, Novak Djokovic. Fucking retard. Um, Jesus Christ. What is he thinking? This is a man that's also come out and said that if there was a vaccine, he wouldn't have it. Yeah. Uh, probably because it doesn't enhance his sport, um, sporting ability. Um, and this, this one's more f- more for me um, as, a, as a Jets fan. But um, our best player is trying to force his way out of the damn club. Uh, vocally talking about how he wants to go for a play for other teams. So um, Jamal Adams, go fuck yourself. <laughs> cool, bitch. So I don't, I don't know who that is, but yeah, yeah. Oh, and on bitch. And on one yeah. last note, um, <laughs> yeah. 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 One last note. Uh, the Undertaker is retired, boys and girls. I would like to say my condolences to to, to him. Until so someone backs that truck up, is he dead? Mate, if he is dead, he's Undertaker. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I, need to wa- I need to watch the documentary. I really do. I watched the last one today. Uh, I had it on whilst I was working in the afternoon. And uh, yeah, mate, the last thing that guy wants to do is retire. This is why I'm saying condolences to him because I feel for the guy. He doesn't want to be a dad. He doesn't want to go and fish. He wants to wrestle until there is no more wrestling to do. Right? He needs the roar of the crowd, bro. I feel for him. Mate, that truck will back up again. <laughs> he does say I've never seen a retirement speech where he says where he says the words never say never and maybe a fence is in a pinch <laughs> like so many times he's never retiring me like the thing is is that you know what wrestling retirements are like ask Ric Flair like ultimately like these guys have, have retired umpteen times like Ric Flair Mate, had, Terry had the perfect retiring since 1990 Ric Flair had the perfect retirement right yeah the perfect retirement uh, against Shawn Michaels and it would have been per- and he was like literally two years later he's in an impact ring like, are you kidding me like, thumbtacks bleeding everywhere yeah. <laughs> anyway maybe, maybe you should do a, uh, a wrestling pod yeah we tried that <laughs> uh, anyway um, yeah on that note um, yeah hasta luego thank you for listening arrivederci uh, uh, au revoir there we go the French is back <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network Okay, round two Name something that's not boring Laundry? Ooh, a book club Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry We were looking for Chumba Casino that's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.